Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fandom Optimists. This is the show where every week we talk about the latest and greatest of our favorite fandoms and try our best to stay optimistic. I'm Jordan Newman, and this week I am joined by Blue once again to talk about the latest episode of What If from Disney+. Plus. I think I changed up the order of my intro there a little bit this week, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um, I was going to say, should I say something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, I said that in a different order than I was saying it. I think I took a week off and forgot how to do my show. I was like, uh, damn, when when do I come in? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is, this time we're talking about the late, you can tell that this has been a rough week for me. I'm sorry. But we're going to be talking about the the newest episode of What If, which is, what you have seen it, right? I didn't like ask you to review something you haven't seen. <laughs> I yeah, I saw it. Don't worry. <laughs> just occurred to me that it's like I might have just like dragged him in here to review something he hasn't seen. You, you mentioned it multiple times. It would have been a real dick move of me <laughs> to not be like I haven't watched that actually before now. So, so yeah, we we just came over from a nearly two hour episode of. Uh, Cape Corner, where we talked about the Avengers as a general concept, which led to a lot of interesting discussions. So go over and check that out. It was the season one finale of Cape Corner. Lots of fun. Big episode. Um, so, yeah. And now that I'm off of my self-important shit, I'm just being a slob and eating pizza while we do your episode. <laughs> This this is a dine-in episode, dear listener. You're feel free to eat with us. Um, Look, I haven't eaten a lot today, and we spoke for an hour and a half about the Avengers, and I'm hungry. So, uh, <laughs> so this episode, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Now, this feels weird to say for me, but this is like the first episode of What If, where I was just kind of like, yeah, I was okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's good, goodish. Um, like I, this is the first one where I wasn't like, "That was so cool! I can't wait to see where this, this is awesome! I'm so excited, so happy." Um, it's just it's okay. wasn't bad. I still liked it. I always like it. Um, I really love Killmonger. So, oh, so you love this episode? Oh, yeah. I feel like I probably love this more than you did. Yeah, this is this is a weird uh, switch of events. I'm usually the just relentlessly optimistic one, and then you've got a problem with something, and I'm like, ah, I didn't see it. Didn't see the problem. Uh, got a problem, huh? You're about to have a fucking problem. <laughs> can I can I take this opportunity to say real quick? I, I adore you. I'm very happy that you know that I'm not serious. Because, <laughs> yes. like, I say shit, like, super aggressively like that all the time. <laughs> and sometimes I forget <laughs> that people don't understand that that's a bit. No, I'm always on board. Um, okay. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, so, okay, so this episode, the, the small change in the timeline seems to have been... Um, what if Killmonger was in Afghanistan at the same time as Tony Stark? I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I guess he was just there. It's, there wasn't, this wasn't like one where it's like, 
here's the moment that everything changed. What if this person made this choice instead? Or if this happened instead? Um, Because this seems like there had to have been a bunch of stuff that changed where he winds up there at that time. Um, Well, not a whole lot changed because the rest of the characters are in the same places. I will posit this. I think that the major difference of this universe is that Killmonger came up with a much bigger plan and he felt confident to enact it much earlier than the much more patient uh, and simple machinations of the original MCU Killmonger. Because this takes place um, nine years earlier and it is referenced by things like Shuri being really fucking tiny. Uh, and he has a lot less scars on his body because he's killed less people. Oh, um, interesting. But um, also, it, it seems to be in, in the original, in Black Panther, the movie, his plan was mostly just to escalate tensions between Claw and Wakanda, then kill Claw and use that clout to have an in to have a shot at challenging T'Challa for the throne. And he did this knowing that T'Chaka was already dead. So that seemed to be the main thing. In the original universe, he was waiting for T'Chaka to die. Um, but in this, he's willing to deal with T'Chaka and be a lot more sneakier and more manipulative. So he manip- he uses Tony Stark as a springboard to start a war between America and Wakanda, and then uses that to ingratiate himself to the Wakandans, as well as to T'Chaka, who, can I say... I feel like maybe he should have been a little bit more aware of the fact that when Killmonger was like, oh, if I had a chance to avenge my father, I'd take it. You think he should have been like, does, does he know that I killed yeah, did, did it ever occur to him that, <laughs> that he might have figured that out? Yeah, because like I'm, I'm aware he's operating under the assumption that he doesn't know that it's a closely guarded secret. But like, maybe, maybe you should consider what he means. Yeah. If he does know. <laughs> um but yeah, uh and like also referenced by the fact that like like there there's a lot of cool stuff that spawns just from the fact that this is earlier. One thing is that T'Challa's mom was apparently the general of the Dora Milaje and then she retired by the time that uh we see the Black Panther movie. Yeah, that's a good point. That's pretty cool. Um, I like seeing that. Yeah, it was really cool seeing her in action. Uh, and uh, she's like a Koye's superior officer and everything. Like, it was fucking rad. It was uh, cool to see uh, Shuri is still awesome and cool. Um, as even though a, she's a little babby now. Yeah, she's a child here. Uh, <laughs> she's still a badass. Um, and look, I, I will be remiss uh, if I didn't point out they make a Gundam reference. <laughs> um, and it's great because uh, 
when Killmonger is showing Tony the plans for uh, what what's it called? For the oh, the the I robot is like uh, it, it was like Legionnaire or Peacemaker or one of those kinds of fucking names. But like, um, he he shows him that, and uh, <laughs> Tony's like, whoa a little bit out there with this design and and Killmonger just sort of glares at him he's like what I like anime yeah <laughs> and, oh that was cool I liked that little so that's great because um Michael B Jordan does like anime and oh, that's I don't know do you know the origin of Killmonger's design in the MCU no do you know why he wears the outfit he wears I do not the blue armored outfit. It is meant to draw inspiration from Vegeta. Oh my god! Because Michael B. Jordan always wanted to play. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so that little "I like anime" line actually hits harder knowing that. Hmm. But yeah, I. It, this is weird, right? That on Fandom Optimist, I'm the one that's gushing about the episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I liked it. I just kind of <laughs> saw it. It was cool. Um, um, <laughs> I do appreciate that we allow Tony to be a bastard <laughs> because he yeah, never oh, had seeing, enough- Yeah, seeing pre-cave Tony extended out was kind of cool. Yeah, like, there's a bit where um, he realizes that uh, Killmonger's been manipulating things and that he killed, um, you know, he killed Rhodey (laughs) Uh, and T'Challa. And not that T'Challa matters to Tony, but just, that was so sad. But, like, the fact that he killed Rhodey, um, and this is, like, even post-Avengers Tony... The moment he learned that Bucky killed his mom, not even of his own free will or volition, but through like uh, mental programming by Hydra, he was just like, I'm going to murder him for that. <laughs> like, so like, po- so like pre Avengers, like never been an Iron Man, even Tony, just super bastard version. Killmonger comes in and um, he's like, yeah, I know you're about this fucked up shit. And uh, you're going to pay for that. And uh, uh, Killmonger's like, what are you going to do? Call the cops? They'll never believe you. And he's like, no, the cops are the law. I want justice. And he fucking hits a button and locks the building down. (laughs) Yeah, I love the the moment where they do a toast to killers. Like, oh, it's dark. (laughs) It really... It makes Obadiah Stane's character uh, in the first Iron Man movie make a lot more sense because we see him as he's acting like a fucking crazy fucked up person, but you realize he's just doing what he thinks is normal. And Tony's now the weird one because he's acting different from his former nature, uh, which we didn't get to see. Like we got to see him be an asshole, but we never got to see him be like a blood hungry bastard like he was uh in the original movie um but in here we get to see that where he's like it makes the entire like we're ironmongers tony like sort of line really hit home because it's like 
yeah, he really was just, yeah, we're killing people. It's fun. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like seeing him use the, uh, the robot to try and kill, uh, Killmonger while he was fucking drinking scotch in the background, like a fucking supervillain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do feel like Tony, I, I know it's a big robot, but maybe you should have like left the room while he was fighting <laughs> just in case. Or like used more than one of them. Yeah. Well, he could only power the one cause all he had was a single ring of vibration. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. But, um, the, uh, the entire thing, like the plan is crazy. Like, um, uh, detach from your own group, go to Afghanistan where, you know, the 10 rings are about to try and abduct Tony Stark, save his life to ingratiate yourself into his company. Give him the idea to make this robot that's powered by vibranium, uh, Get him the main guy who deals with him, which is Claw, who you know the Wakandans have beef with. Uh, then leak to the Wakandans that this deal is happening where the American military is trying to buy from Claw. Then when T'Challa shows up, kill T'Challa and kill Claw. Well, no, he doesn't kill Claw at this part. Kill T'Challa, kill the uh, kill Rhodey, and make it look like uh, the Americans killed T'Challa and that T'Challa was the one that murdered uh, Rhodey. And so that gets them to go to war with each other. And then you tell Claw that he's in on this plan with you. And then you fucking kill Claw and bring him to the Wakandans and be like, yeah, the U.S. military has gone too far, but I'm Wakandan in heritage. Here, peace offering. Claw, I hunted him down and killed him for you. And then they're like, awesome. And we can use your knowledge of the U.S. military to fight the Americans who killed T'Challa. Yeah. Like, it's such an elaborate plot. But you know what? I can follow it much more easily than I could follow something like Zemo's plan from uh, Civil War. That's true. That plan was insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, it, it's elaborate without being endlessly convoluted and confusing. And that's the kind of mastermind plan that I respect a lot more because it's like, but, because, like, Zemo's plan or to a greater extent Lex Luthor's plan and Batman v Superman feel like plans that were only made in post because they had an idea for what they wanted the conflict of the movie to be. And then the plan has to be written around to uh, service the ability to make that conflict happen where this feels like a plan that I could envision someone coming up with and then putting it into practice causing this conflict like yeah it makes sense use claw uh to ingratiate yourselves uh, to ingratiate yourself to the wakandans like how you did in the original timeline but also you have the ability to use tony stark to um to give you a way to get connected with claw and with the wakandans and by having and like it makes sense because he is part of the US military 
our military kind of has a history of creating wars to yeah, get Yeah, I thought something. that was a that was a pretty cool um very realistic <laughs> So so of, of course event. someone very well versed on military strategy would be like there's a thing I want in a hard to access region of the world. How do I get it? Fabricate a war, just like yep. 9/11. <laughs> and he he essentially did his own 9/11 and I mean, you know, it wasn't a bunch of civilians, but he created a bloody conflict and when both sides want justice, it's really easy to war profiteer since they're all so willing to go to war now. Yeah. Except in his case, it was a lot more for personal stakes rather than for financial stakes. Um, but regardless, he, I can totally buy that someone who is, you know, extremely well versed in the U.S. military would come up with this sort of plan. Yeah. It's really cool. It's very realistic in terms of what I think would happen. Um, oh, yeah. It was so sad that he kills he kills Rhodey and um, T'Challa. I adored. I I did this episode did almost have me in tears when they have T'Challa say, "Your response to human suffering is more human suffering," and then he says, "Power unearned can be volatile, cousin. It'll get the best of you eventually." That was just a great line. Yeah, and what was great is that he was like, because the Wakandans have a proven afterlife, <laughs> uh, which, that's some Rick and Morty shit, like, oh, it must be nice to have provable evidence of an afterlife for you guys. Um, but, yeah, for him to be like, uh, power unearned will get the best of you, whether in your plane or in ours. It's like, even if you skate through all of your life on Earth without ever receiving consequences for your actions you're going to end up here and you yep. will face the consequences yeah that it, it, on your plane or on ours yeah oh. dude hearing chadwick's voice it always gets to me it they keep fucking me with that because i i thought that the star lord episode was going to be the last chadwick boseman and then he appeared in he zombies apparently and recorded four so okay, one. so there's still going to be one more. He's going to turn up one more time. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of hurting my my heart that um, <laughs> that he sounds like this was the point where he wasn't wasn't doing too well. Like in the in the Star Lord episode, his voice sounds crisp and strong, um, and, and his voice here. his voice in the zombie episode and in this one, I'm like, oh, he's he's tired. And it, it just, it started, it really got to me hearing his voice start to get tired. And having this episode release when it does, with T'Challa talking from literally beyond the grave, it feels that much more poignant that it is Chadwick Boseman speaking to us from beyond the grave. Yeah. You Okay. Oh, I'm good. That's just... Oh. <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right. 
I, I'm going to put it out there. Um, this is not my least favorite episode of What If. Um, like, I'm sure my rankings are wildly different from yours. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's, I, let's let's do that. That'll be a fun way to kind of close this out because I'm of the six I'm episodes feeling, that we've I'm so feeling weird for having this one so low on the list where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I was just, in, you know, it's probably just that I had a really shitty week. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm well, sorry. I, I like wound up watching this. I'm like, I want to watch this before I go to bed. I watched it like way later than usual um, because I've, I've like missed it the night it came out, which I usually get to watch it. And so I think there's just a bunch of factors where, cause like you're talking about it and I'm like, yeah, it sounds perfect in theory. Why didn't I love it? <laughs> so I'm like, I think I just, wasn't in the right mood for it when I watched it. I and think, I kind of like, had one of those one of those zone outs where it's like, yeah, I'm watching this. I guess I'm here. But <laughs> I think it's still like on the lower end of the spectrum with me so far. But um I I found a lot to really enjoy about it. Like I gotta remember what all the episodes have been so far. First was Captain Carter, then it was T'Challa Starlord, then it was the murder mystery, then it was Zombies was five. What was four? Four was strange. Right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll try and do my rankings real quick. Um, my my favorite uh, was probably... Probably Strange Supreme. Uh, my second favorite was probably your favorite is strange yes okay okay uh my second favorite is probably episode two with t'challa star lord uh then i would say it's probably might be this one uh might be the uh uh killmonger episode okay uh fourth Fourth, I would say, is probably Captain Carter. Uh, fifth. I think I think the fifth might be uh, Zombies. And then my least favorite is probably the murder mystery. Oh, interesting. And, like, I like the murder mystery... Uh, a lot more in theory than I think I liked it in practice. It seemed a little too slow and uneventful because the events that we see are little snippets of events that we've seen in the movies and without the context surrounding them, they're a lot less impressive. Like yeah. Thor yeah. fighting through to get the hammer is just like, well, you got you got to know that this happens in this too, but he dies at the end. So it's like, you know, it's not as impressive for me. So what about you? What's your rankings? Okay, so I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm with you on the first two, I think, was was Strange and uh, uh, Star-Lord T'Challa. Uh, oh boy. Okay, so third I think would be probably the I loved the murder mystery. I just thought it was I thought it was fun to try to figure out what the what if actually was and they exploded the hulk and they gained my respect. So I think third might be the murder mystery. 
Okay. And then I guess I would put fourth Captain Carter, partly for bias because I'm obsessed with both of them. You uh, know what, Captain Carter? Characters. Like I, I just watched someone's reaction to that episode, and it reminded me, like, yeah, that was a damn good episode. So it was cool. Yeah. Um, and then you know what? I, I, partly on on the weight of this conversation, I'm gonna put the Killmonger episode fifth, and not last. Um. So you got zombies last. It is an interesting plot with Killmonger, and then zombies probably last just because. And God, I never wanted to be the person to level this complaint at an MCU property, but there were too many jokes. (laughs) And damn it, I never wanted to say that. I never wanted to say that about an MCU property. I hate the people who say that about the MCU that they ruin everything with humor. (laughs) I think the issue. Is that a lot of us, myself included to a degree, went in expecting a Walking Dead, you know, zombie episode. But what we got was closer to um, iZombie. (laughs) Or like a Shaun of the Dead. Like, yeah, meant to be devoid of threat, but the threat is not to, meant to be an all-in-dread-inducing experience. It is meant to be a backdrop to showcase these character interactions and the sort of the joking thing just as a character point in that episode. Yeah, and there, there, are, there are parts in there where I really like it because of that. But yeah, I where, think... like... Because, like, when you first see it and fucking Peter is making a blog or a vlog or whatever it is, uh, about uh, how to survive in the zombie apocalypse, and um, it, you're like, this is really jarring. How not? Yeah, but then later, with the context of Janet asking him, like, how do you, how are you staying so happy through all this? He's like, well, because I have to, because all the people who have died in my life would want me to. And yeah, only that makes it like, okay, I I get it. You're. It's it's the entire MCU's mythos is that like when sad things are happening, if you can't crack a joke from time to time, you're it's going to destroy you. You'll buckle under the weight of the sadness and you'll become a shitty Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> and nobody yeah. wants that. I mean, plenty yeah, of although because then where I where I do come from the other way on that, because I love it. I love, you know, I, I love Spider-Man's explanation of why he's still hopeful in that. Um, but at the same time, like no one told any jokes when everyone dusted in Infinity War. And this is like worse than that. So, Look, so I, it's like I, I, I wanted some somberness to the whole thing. Like, deaths don't really seem to affect anyone. Um, like, Sharon fucking dies, and none of them really bat an eye. Uh, to um, be fair, they also kind of forgot Sharon existed until... Uh, that's also Falcon true. <laughs> Between Civil War and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, she was just... She could have just not been a character. And I guess they and, also get a little cut, cut up about uh, Hope's death. But then, like, Kurt dies, and Ant-Man tells a joke, and it's like, it's... a yeah, man okay. died, Scott. I will, I will be <laughs> completely honest with you. Uh, two things. One, 
while I understand the idea behind the humor of the episode, I do feel they went a bit too far. Uh, and two, that is exceptionally epitomized by Scott, who should not be constantly fucking cracking one-liners as people are getting slaughtered around him. Um, I, and, like, I, I think he is worse than Peter in terms of his reactions. He, like, realistically... I, I get that the imagery of a head in a jar floating with the cape of levitation is a funny image. He should not have been in the episode. You could have just let him stay dead. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, again, I... Oh, this is a weird week <laughs> where I'm being more optimistic than you. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying I appreciate the humor now that I have context for it. I do wish they let us linger on a bit of a somber tone more for that episode uh, because it's not that I'm against taking things seriously. I really love it when we do have moments of, you know, more quiet somberness. Like, Endgame is fantastic. A lot of the beginning is just, it's this quiet brooding reflection on what people have lost and they use that to give them drive later on uh and i think that's fantastic and i would have liked a little bit of that you know a little more of that from the zombies episode which is not the topic of this podcast so i don't know why i'm talking about it so (laughs) it's worth bringing it up because i skipped it last week i didn't have time there like i said hectic week um all right well those were our rankings for what if uh yeah this was a i'm like i'm not gonna say it was bad it was a good episode i just i I do think that i was like not in the right headspace to be watching i should have waited until today to watch it so i could have been in a more jovial mood i was gonna say maybe like next time uh, uh like let yourself watch another new episode or two and then when you're in a better mood, come back and rewatch this episode and see if your opinion on it improves. I'm, I'm betting I'm, I'll like it more uh, by then. What do you think's next? Ooh, well, we now that we've seen the uh, Spider-Man with the cape, which was not what I was expecting. Uh, he wore that extremely temporarily and does no magic. Uh, it, uh, the only other things that I know are coming are the one where Gamora has um, Thanos' armor. Uh, yeah. Is that it? Is that the only other one that I know of that's coming? Uh, there's, there's, they keep saying Party Thor. I keep seeing the word Party Thor. I don't know if that's its own episode or what. But I know that Chris Hemsworth is in this show. He was in the trailer. So he, well, he was already in here once as um L'Oreal Thor. <laughs> oh, I don't think he said anything though. Like I know that Chris Hemsworth's voice is in the trailer. He, it's just I mean Thor spoke. I don't know if it was Chris Hemsworth, but Thor said like two things in that uh murder mystery episode. Okay. I it was like a really specific because I remember in the trailer that they were doing like hard cuts to different um 
you know, these different realities and you're hearing the watcher like explaining all this stuff. And at some point in the trailer, yeah. it cuts to Thor going, no, wait a minute. Some people might be a little bit lost. Could you say that again? I mean, not me. I understand, obviously. So, <laughs> it's like, so gotta, from the murder mystery. I got to ask right now, you know why he's called Party Thor, right? I have no idea. Uh, okay. Did you notice what he's wearing or where he is in that scene? No. It's Age of Ultron when they're all uh, playing around trying to pick up the hammer. Oh, interesting. He was literally at the party. <laughs> okay. I wonder how that's going to factor in. I just want my Party Thor episode. That sounds fun. Oh, wait. You, you said that you saw something about uh, it looked like an Ultron that got the Infinity Oh, moment. yeah. So maybe that might be it since he's from Age of Ultron. Yeah, that could be. Ooh, that would be cool. I'm just looking Dude. forward to some Guardians of the Multiverse epic crossover at the end of this series. I hope that's what <laughs> I hope that's where we're going. Look, look, man, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite had problems, <laughs> but I still think having Ultron uh, be basically the main villain of that game to span two universes uh, was really cool. Do you know anything about that game? Uh, no. Real quick, uh, Marvel and Capcom universes merged. Sigma, the main villain from Mega Man X, who is also a robot, merged with Ultron to form Ultron Sigma, who then got the Infinity Stones and uh, took over Asgard. And so all the heroes and villains of Marvel and Capcom have to unite to fight against Ultron Sigma, and they actually recruit Thanos to help them fight. Oh... It's not a great game. Really cool premise for a story, though. <laughs> so cool. to, to have the idea of Ultron with the Infinity Stones for an upcoming episode, I'm excited by that. They did that in the uh, Avengers Assembled uh, TV series as well. Oh, that was, okay. that was a big deal. I watched I like five episodes of that show before I gave up on it. It is not like... nearly as good as Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. Put another coin in the jar, because. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm I'm about I'm about done. How about you? Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, do you got any closing thoughts? Um, I want to see Michael B. Jordan play Vegeta in the Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> oh man, that would be great. That would be great. Let's sign. Let's start a petition. Let's let's be honest. With how he did Killmonger, uh, like being the rival to T'Challa, mm. and T'Challa is kind of like Goku-ish. Like he's not stupid uh, or nearly as fight crazy, but like you know, sort of a kind-hearted warrior kind of thing going on. And him being like, "Yeah, what's up? I'll fuck you up." <laughs> like I could, yeah, I could yeah. see him being yeah. Vegeta. <laughs> He'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, with you got to get the rock with Napa, though. <laughs> we would have to. <laughs> with that, until next time, guys, never apologize for loving your fandom and try your best to stay optimistic. We'll be back next week with another episode of What If. Uh, follow Blue at Cape Corner, uh, his, his new Twitter account, for his show. Uh, which we recorded earlier today. 
And follow us at Fandom Optimists for nothing but good vibes about fandom-related things. That's all I gotta say. I've 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 said everything in the wrong order today. So, <laughs> man, just... you're making me fucking sad. I feel bad. Like I somehow suck the fucking happiness <laughs> no. for this episode. No, this has just been a this has just been such a weird week and a half for me. All right, oh buddy. I'll give right. you a hug over the We're airwaves. Good. We're good. Next week's episode will be put back together in the correct order. So <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>